Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother. You know him. You love him. His name is Corey Baumeister. How's it going, bro? God, everyone listening loves me? All six of them? Wow. This is a big day for me, Brad. This is a big, big day. All six times, like... 800, I do believe, is, is oh close to our numbers. Yeah. God, that's an outrageous amount of love. I I feel it. It's I feel more it. than you deserve. Let's just oh. say that. Oh, yeah. I think the six was the line where I set that I think I deserved. But, uh, <laughs> you know, anything above is just really gravy. So, yeah. What's up, bro? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'll be better after I let everyone know that you can find this podcast on Bobby and iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Does that make you feel better? Are you... No, Are you just it, in it a better mood feel, now? Makes me feel like a corporate shell, but we do need to <laughs> inform people where they can find us. Like, subscribe. That's true. Like, subscribe, mash that button, you know, all the whatever the kids say these days. <laughs> just smash that follow button like smash. your life depends on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so here on the Bash Rose podcast, we always have a very special guest, and this one isn't going to be that special because, uh, we, we, we wanted to bring in someone that could actually have beaten me from the last weekend. And mm. I thought that that number was going to be very low, but in fact, it wasn't. Five yeah. people had my number and we called four of them and they all declined. But one, one of those five oh. people that defeated me in the MPL. It's an honor and a privilege to be this special guest on the Bash Bros Podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, it's Uh, Brian. It is uh, truly, I've been waiting for this moment for quite some time. And I I just, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for picking me to be this week's special guest on the Bash Bros Podcast. Brothers who bash, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, Brian, it was was some impressive work. It was was a clinic, really, that you were putting out that last match. I can see why you'd want to come on this cast and and really show off. You really put on a clinic all, all tournament long, truth be told. Yeah, yeah, like like different kinds at, of clinics, but yeah, like you were at a clinic getting life support for some of the day, and then you were putting Brad into a clinic kind of thing, or I don't know how to attach that metaphor. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I think it was like I was at the clinic receiving help, and okay. then Brad rolls in as the other person in my room at the clinic. And you tripped him, and you tripped him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <so>. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was uh, it was quite the roller coaster for myself as well because right before uh, the match against Brian, I was uh, going to lose to Autumn playing Team Ramp, which was frustrating because like when I needed to draw land, I drew the damn Evolving Wilds and and I, I had them on the ropes, but their their Genesis Ultimate was just enough to keep them alive, and I was going to lose this match, and I was a little tilted, and then mm-hmm. I just three outed Autumn. By drawing a bone crusher giant when they were at two. <laughs> really? Wow, you lucky turn, duck. Yeah, I, I tweeted it. It was better lucky than good. You lucky duck. Yeah, it was. And then, and then I had to end up getting O2'd by Brian Brondizzle. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. Well, I mean, uh. I'm guessing just based on that last match <laughs> that Azorius Yorion crushed it all weekend and then gruel must have not done too great if you know yeah i mean i think that is the story but we will be getting into the league <laughs> recap as well as well as going over what we think standard is going to be doing that is the main topic for this week uh is where we think standard w- is going based on the mpl and rivals league play mm-hmm. weekend and then moving forward because we have a lot of big terms this weekend the cfp clash 
uh, the arena open. There's just a lot of big events coming up this weekend. Yeah. Uh, to either play in or watch the Red Bull Finals is also this this coming weekend. Oh, really? player tournament. Yep, that'll be aired on Sunday. So lots to watch, lots to play in. Um, is is that one just like like two people qualify each qualifier and then it, one. they meet at the end, or it's just one? Yeah, there were six. This sixteen events happened. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. I I didn't know it was that tough to get into it. So these are just all people that spiked a huge tournament. Yes, and and seventy five thousand dollars is up for grabs. So if they spike two or three more, they're in the MPL. I don't believe that's how it works. Maybe six or seven more spikes. In okay, okay. In a cool. different structure, but yes. Um, <laughs> no, but speaking of past results, get leading into this tournament, I just want to go over a few from this last weekend, uh, including the the week of Wings Qualifier. The 16th spot in the Red Bull Finals was uh, taken by Jan Mor- Moritz uh, Merkel, uh, who played Gruel Adventures and Azorius Control from historic there was a week of wings qualifier this past weekend it was split format mm. and uh playing grill adventures and standard azurius control won ten thousand dollars and qualified for this upcoming weekend so so Sick. uh yeah that that right now the 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 red bull week of wings and the red bull untapped <laughs> ser- series is where all the money's at <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a good price payout right there yeah that's yeah. really sick i absolutely just love someone that does well in a split format with just like two wildly different decks too. Like you, you leave that tournament just feeling extra, you know, uh, a extra pat on your back for doing, you know, with, with two very different decks. Yeah. Whenever it's a split format and you, you know, it's, it's what decks you're comfortable with in each format, but it, it is weird mm-hmm. to go one round by trying to be a beat down the next round, trying to be control. Yeah, uh, it's always it's always fun to actually do that. Um, another tournament this past weekend was the Mythic Society's Historic Arena Open, which was won by Max Door playing Mono Black Gift in Historic. Mm. I didn't know that was still a deck. But it's, when, it's what, a gift that keeps giving, Brad. It is the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> and uh, and then the other past results is uh, Azorius Yorian going 26.8% in MPL and Rivals League. Oh, shoot, I, I, I fast forwarded to... Our first topic, uh, which yeah. was and Rivals League weekend. The Bash Bros Podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies. BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite 2 sleeves to the deck vault line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled. Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies, protect, store, display. Slogans, marketing, magic. Wow. (laughs) Well, I know. That's an impressive stat. I know that, well, just hate to break in here, but just from my own personal experience, um, I actually suffered a, a brief episode where I have amnesia. Um, oh. and I can only remember the last three rounds where I, I won all three. So, wow. I think I went, I know I went three and oh, uh, at the MPL well, rivals league weekend, but I just, I can't remember how I did in the other rounds and I haven't gone back and looked it up. So well, Brian, news for you, Brian, what's that? Uh, so if the, let's just say if the season ended now, you would not be in the MPL or <laughs> in playing in a gauntlet. Mm. You would you would qualify for rivals, Brian. Nice. I, I also got bad news for you. If you can't remember past those last three rounds, like 2020 has been a shit show, man. There's murder hornets. Like there's a pandemic oh, we're, we're going on. The murder hornets. We 
I don't know yeah. if you heard, but the state of Washington, we are we killed a murder hornet uh, hive. Oh, okay. Well, nice. never mind then. It's good. That that yeah. things are chill. So the world's dying, but how did I do in the tournament? Oh, also died. Yep. So yeah. like five and seven or something. Oh, you wish. No, uh, let's yeah. just say you weren't in last place. Okay, cool. Yeah, silver linings all around. Um, <laughs> well, if you're not last, you're first. Uh, nope, nope, nope. That's that's that. Is... That's close though. That's close. But you got to switch those words around, and then you got it. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not last, you're first. Love it. So I just looked it up, and apparently I went zero and nine in my first nine matches. What the. Uh, man, Brian, you should have uh, should have been a little bit more lucid for those first nine rounds. It sounds like it sounds like it. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I actually think we should be very proud of our our first our, our day one tweets, though, because I thought yours was good. And a lot of people liked mine, even though mine wasn't even trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah, Brian's was so good. <laughs> If, I love if, so if hard. Ever, if we, anyone... we tweeted on day one. Sorry, I forgot everything that happened. <laughs> we did. Way to so... sync with that ship, Brian. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really, really good, but I can't, I can't seem to find it anymore. Oh, yeah. Gotten taken to the cleaners today after I came home from washing my laundry. I played in the magic event and went 06. And the best part about that was the humor of your audience that I thought was so good. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that entire like, thread was a delightful thread. Was, yes. So Colin responded with, "Thanks for sharing. I feel better knowing players of your caliber completely strike out, and then after finishing your baseball game, go home and go six <laughs> at the Magic tournament." <laughs> and then that one guy, the one one person was like, "Oh, you really ran into a brick wall." Yes. And I was like, "Well, after running into the brick wall, I dusted myself off, went back inside, played the Magic tournament where I when finished zero six. six. Yeah." <laughs> I didn't didn't read that. I only read the initial thing, showed it to my fiance because I thought it was so funny and then moved on. I really should have clicked that thread. (laughs) The thread, the thread was fantastic. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that one. Something I didn't have in the tournament itself, but (laughs) yeah, getting getting to that though, like damn 26% for Azorius Yorian with being the most played deck like that. That is still crazy to me, even though I I didn't necessarily think Azorius Yorian was an excellent choice or anything. Um, I personally would have played Esper Doom, but not that that did any, any real better. Um, But really crazy that it did that bad. Why do you, why do you think boys? So, I just want to say before I dive into that, mm-hmm. that I uh, I don't think I've ever seen a top deck perform worse in a major tournament in the entirety I've played Magic. Brad, have you ever seen one? No, yeah. I've never seen the most played deck just get annihilated by every other archetype. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly can't even remember a time that the most played deck finished less than like 40%, let alone 26%. Yeah, yeah. that is just un real was it just like the counter spells weren't good or like what was your specific problem bbd excluding your last three rounds because of course those were just flawless performances so weirdly enough i like my specific problem was the rogues deck because i I played rogues five times okay and i went one and four one and four against it um and, and the matchup just wasn't great and and honestly i if i 
had changed my list a little bit, I might have had better odds, but I mean, I still would not be favored in the match for sure. Yeah. Uh, but if I had known I was going to play against rogues that much, I should have just main decked a lot of the cards that were good in the matchup because what was happening is I'd, I'd lose game one essentially every single time. And mm. then I did win a number of post board games, but having to win two post board games is pretty tough. Uh, yeah. Especially when the cards that were good against rogues were like the escape cards. And then they also can just play. I'm blanking on the name of the card right now. Glimpse of freedom. No. Oh, I'm talking about the card that they can play that exiles oh, from my grave. Oh, cling, cling to yeah, dust. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah, can just I play mean, cling to dust and, and like, and that like trumps my plan as well. So that it, it seemed like a, just a real uphill battle especially because game one was so incredibly bad mm-hmm. um, past that point. Like I lost twice to teamer ramp, which also Horrible was a deck that performed yeah. pretty bad on the weekend. Like teamer ramp had a 49% win rate, but you have to kind of artificially inflate the win rates of every other deck. Cause Yorian did so horribly bad mm-hmm. that like, cause teamer ramp had an 82% win rate against Yorian but really bad win rate against like basically everything else. So yeah, (laughs) that deck also performed badly, but I did, I did poorly against that deck as well. And then um, I lost the mirror a handful of times too. So yeah, mostly it was rogues. Like, like that was where the majority of my losses came from. And it just, it felt like a, a matchup where I needed to, I needed to have a lot more cards for it and I needed to be main decking those cards. Yeah, I mean, some list that I saw, I can't remember exactly who it was, but played two glimpse in the main and then yeah. sideboarded the other two um, for that matchup. And it really did seem like from the Azoria side, that was kind of the extreme that you had to go to because, you know, that card is just so good in the, you know, turns four to eight well, you set up your turn and then tur- after you've controlled your own graveyard, then you just start casting all the cards you drew with it. Uh, it seemed like a really important element. And I was feeling the same way as you, BBD, when I switched from Azorius Yorian uh, to just the Esper Doom list. I, I just felt like I could never effectively interact with the creatures like Glass Casket and, and Apparitions were OK. Um, but not being able to look at their hand and take the key into the story was the biggest thing. Well, um, and yeah, I, I struggled with it a lot. So at, at least where I'm coming from on this though, is like, I, I thought everyone had the memo that Demir rogues in whatever variety they wanted to be was favored against Azorius Yorian. even if Azorius or Azorius blank, even if they had yeah. hate for the matchup, they were still a dog in the fight. Well, no, same. That yeah, could make sense, I, yeah, I, I, I went in with that assumption, but favored and wins 20% of the time are two way different things, especially in yeah. magic. Yeah. Like you go in and you say like, Oh, I'm behind against rogues. And you think 40%, you know, 45%. Mm-hmm. Cause that's traditionally how a matchup where you're behind is. It, it is very rare in magic where a matchup has a polarized finish, like 20% wins. Yeah, and, like and Tron I, and Jun from modern back in the day, stuff like that, where it was just oh, you you just die, you know, but not yeah. even close. Like Jund would win way more than 20% against Tron. You think like, so? Oh, for oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Probably like okay. 35, 40%. Like sure, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. So so but, I mean, but, this is a small sample size of one tournament. It's the matchup probably yeah. is closer to 40%, but still, you know, like mm. it, it was real so, upset. 
even so, I, I do feel like all these Zoris Yorion players uh, kind of felt victim of the metagame because everyone was like tuned for them. Right. And, yeah. And I think that this is just showing uh, something that happens um, in these small tournaments, but also a lot of the Azorius Yorion pilots also streamed a lot of Azorius Yorion. And some of the other pilots of other strategies were also streaming a lot of Yorion, like Gabriel Nassif. And so yeah. when I'm sitting there in the last, in the final 11th hour, trying to figure out what, you know, if I should switch off of Gruul or what have you, and I'm noticing that, you know, there's still a lot of Canister and other streamers and other people we're seeing on the ladder all playing Yorion, then that makes me think, you know, I should switch to Demir Rogues or Gruul. And I took the level of, I, I want to have a closer Yorion matchup so I can beat up on all of this Demir. And I assume mm. Demir would be really popular. And yeah. um, and so I, I do think that the knowledge that happens in the metagaming in the last couple of days before these types of tournaments has a, a great impact on a, a format that isn't solved, that has a lot of metagaming. Yeah, it, moves, sure. it moves really fast those last few days. Like, and yeah, yeah. I feel like ahead. I fell victim to that just through circumstance because I just picked Yorion because it was the deck that looked like the most enjoyable for me to personally play and most my personal style where I thought I would probably pilot it better than these other decks. Mm -hmm. And, um, and like, I, from my cursory research of the format, I kind of just thought that Rogues was like the, the best performing deck and would probably be like the top deck. And I knew that that was a bad matchup for me. I hoped that adding some cards would make it closer to 50% uh, than, mm. than not. But, you know, I know it's probably behind in that matchup. I did not have any clue that I was walking into a metagame where I was going to get super targeted or like yeah. that other people were streaming the deck or that it would be the most played deck. Like I didn't like none of that was, that was all news to me. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I mean that, I mean, that's on me just not doing Pro, yeah. like enough preparation for the event but you know that that kind of stuff like i felt like i just kind of got victim of circumstance there of just not knowing of that the like the deck that i picked just happened to be the one that had the target on its back and i picked it not for that like reasons like that you know mm -hmm. so, and then yeah. there's a lot of, it's also interesting because some of the decks that we talked about um like medium decks in the format didn't even show up like Golgari adventures yeah. yeah, not a single copy in Rivals or MPL. Yeah, I was pretty shocked that no one played it because it's still a very powerful Great Henge strategy. Mm -hmm. I really... But I you don't really, want to be playing Great Henge against Elseth Conqueror's deck. Death, yeah. Link dot deck, you know, really, so... Yeah. yeah, I really wasn't shocked when we didn't see any uh, Golgari Adventures, except for the fact that, you know, you would imagine one person would play it that just really loves that style. I mean, that that was kind of weird, but I would not expect it in large numbers because if I was going in looking at this metagame, <laughs> you know, I, I just would have expected much more Yorian even than there really was. Even looking back the one week, you know, it was just dominant. There were just five different Yorian decks. It's just figuring out which one was the best. It, it didn't seem like it was like, oh, which, figure out which one of the seven decks you can play. And, you know, I was pleasantly surprised when we see the metagame breakdown and, uh, um, you know, just to see what decks can perform against it, which happened to be all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it yeah. didn't shock me to see that Demir strategies uh, combined were the most played decks to target Azur's Yorian. And then... Mm. What I think is the most interesting thing about the results, though, is that anyone that played Demir, the shark version of Demir Rogues, which 
<clears throat> involves not playing crabs or loris yeah um to be better arguably in the mirror uh it, it did worse in the mirror <laughs> yeah really? i'm yeah <laughs> i don't know how i feel about all six like playing 16 creatures um uh, but i felt like loris was incredibly powerful in that deck and mm-hmm. worth mm-hmm. having the like just the nature of how the games play out, games grind on, they go long. Uh, you just always have this two for one in your back pocket that doesn't really, it's like a two for zero in your back pocket. Because yeah. it costs you no cards to have it. Like, you know, it's always just a card you can put in your hand. Um, there's there's going to be a spot at some point in the game, maybe outside of matchups like Gruel, you know, but in lot, in these blue matchups, always going to be a spot at some point in the game where paying three to put that card in your hand, like is not a cost. And, and then you just always have this thing where you just, you play this interactive game over and over again, your opponent is killing your creatures. Otherwise they're dying to them. And you just get to play two creatures in one turn. And for only four mana, usually, you know, maybe five mana at most. And uh, and, and then also keep in mind you have Agadim's Awakening in a lot of matchups to get the Slurus back. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, um, the Demir Rogues deck did, looking at the stats, you know, they did do better against like Ramp, um, um, did do better against, <laughs> I guess that's really it. Like uh, against Teamer and Four Color Ramp, that was kind of the big gleaming moment. And that makes sense because that's a deck where you want to leave a counter spell open just about every single turn and then if they don't try to go for a big genesis ultimatum or something then you just get to play a threat a big one you know so so that that piece of information does make sense but other than the, that the Luris versions just well, did so much better version against the more interaction the shark, shark version more shark version well also stuff. performed a little bit better against azori azorius yorion which also makes sense because yeah your creatures are getting exiled so Luris is not quite as good and yeah. and shark is just such a powerful card against Yorion uh, to close a game out because they don't really have the instant speed interaction that can interact with a shark. So yeah, the game drags on super long and you just go shark for eight, attack you with it, counterspell, kill you, you know, like that. Yeah. Or just shark for eight, shark for nine, you're dead. Yeah, so. they have glass casket, but that's about it. And the fact it's sorcery is sorcery speed, you know, like ex- exactly. Like there's no brazen <laughs> borrower stuff from the Yorian deck. So sharks are just quite terrifying against especially the lists that are just running that many counter spells, as had to have been like the norm of lists as well. Well, but like even you know, play devil's advocate on all of this. It, saying mm-hmm. that just says that you're gonna do better in your already good matchups and worse in your already bad matchups. And yeah, uh, you're yeah. bad in the mirror. Yeah. When 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 I thought the design, I thought the reason to play Demir Rogues with sharks uh, was to be good in the mirror, and I think that's what they thought too. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you know the data came back, and you know Marcio and uh, Carlos both just you know Lishi Chan, they all just played like the the best version they could find of the stock version, and I, I lost to it twice, thinking that I should win the matchup. And, you know, when I was playing Gruel and I and I played the shark version, like I played three of the best players that, in my opinion, I played mm-hmm. the Seif, Huey and Reed, and I smashed the shit out of all three of them playing shark version. Yeah, shark is not a good card against aggro in any but regard. That build, that build just isn't good at all against aggro because yeah. like, not just shark, it's just 
like crab is one of the best things because if they can't fill your graveyard then then uh and if you have removal like the whole the whole game plan for gruel against demir for anyone that doesn't know is after sideboard you're no longer an ember cleave deck you take your ember cleaves out you take your Brushfire Elementals out. You take your Questing Beasts out. You bring in all of your removal, all of your card advantage, and, the and all of your escape cards. Yeah, your Great Henges, your escape cards. Makes sense. Your, 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 you know, four Scorching Dragonfire. Like, that That wasn't stocked before, but we played four in our 75, and so did Ray Saito. Mm. And, and he went 11 and one, right? So oh, yeah, he, he, he was the best the performer yes. of the, yeah. Holy shit, 11 and one? Yeah. His list was wow. very, very good for this tournament and we'll get into why I think his list is better. But what, I mean, uh, I just want to say he went 10 and one and got a buy. <laughs> That's fair. Mm-hmm. Cause he played mm-hmm. against me. So oh, self-deprecation. Oh, got him. Yeah. But, but got I, went, I went seven, four and then lost to you. <laughs> yeah. You lost to the buy. Jeez, yeah. dude. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just want everyone to know that that is your game plan from the gruel side and that game plan um, if, if, if I'm playing against the shark variants and I'm able to scorching dragon fire their first threat and I don't put any cards in my graveyard and they can't get any cards in my graveyard mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, like the great hand is going to resolve. My planeswalkers are going to resolve. And if, if they don't mill a ton, then my escape is going to naturally just be cast. The slow games are not good for them, but yeah. with Demir, Demir rogues with, with crab, they can get my graveyard to become big fast be a little bit more aggressive and then i have to spend more of my early developmental turns trying to pick off these creatures and i don't really mm. get any engines revving and uh, they get to take the mind control card like that that is actually a good plan against rule if they can do it quick if not if you're going wide on them that that mind control card is not very good i would imagine yeah if, if you don't yeah. have a graveyard for them to eat or for them to use then they have upwards of a dozen cards in their deck that mm-hmm. don't even like have real text like pay seven draw four cards is not a good magic card yeah pay six yeah. still your 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 love shark beast is not a good magic card i don't know yeah. pay seven draw four still is pretty fucking good against yorion <laughs> <laughs> i certainly struggled with that one even when i kept my graveyard clean um, oh that's good no but i'm with you on that like it it, it feels like the you know it, it's almost like an aggro versus a control or it's more like a, an aggressive mid-range versus a control mid-range breakdown. And, you know, weirdly enough, it, it just feels like, yeah, it's like what you're saying. It's like you're getting off the ground too slowly, and it doesn't matter that you de- you technically have better cards because you're not wasting slots in your deck on an 0-3 that, you know, <laughs> yeah. doesn't do anything, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, just because getting that, yeah, like it's it's about being fast in a lot of matchups, not about being able to grind slightly better going long. And like, you know, we were saying like, yeah, the shark version's better against Yorion grinds better against Yorion, yeah. you know, or, or, or like against team or ramp where those matchups are going to go for a while. And that version, you know, probably has more counter magic, more interaction type stuff that matters there. But so, yeah. so Bradley, I got a very big, important question. Uh, that has been weighing on me since I saw these stats. Okay? okay. And just, just answer it, you know, with, with your brother, your loving brother in mind here. Okay. 
Where does Azorius Yorian go from here? Is it like dead? I mean, can you play Esper? Should you try to play the straight blink version that, you know, plays a bunch of charming princes? Like, or where can this deck go uh, from here with those kind of heinous numbers? Okay, so um, my opinion on Azorius Yorian, if it's, if it's able to be a deck in well, the you're future. Not, you're gonna ask you're gonna ask the girl player and not the guy who went three and nine with it. <laughs> Brian, I was I, I was going to ask uh you know in in order. I was gonna ask Brad uh, okay. first and then bring to you. So uh, perfect, please wait perfect. your turn. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry to butt in there. I know I'm just I should have I should have caught that too. I know I'm just the special <laughs> guest here, but not feeling very special right now, you know. <laughs> you you were next up. I had to get my, you know, the host opinion to start. Yeah, and then we go to the guest. This I know it's your first time here, Brian, but that's how we do things around here, okay? Um, I'm really sorry. Next time I'll study up better for the traditions of the Brothers Who Bash podcast. Right, can, Thank can you, buddy. Host, can, can a host talk now? No. Well, Oz has been talking. Corey's been saying a lot of great stuff. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, let's hear it, bro. All right, besides metagame where things are going, we'll talk about that. Um, I, I do believe that the builds of Azor's Yorian, including and, and kind of specifically the builds that, like, Brian played in the tournament, mm-hmm. they're very tap out. More. Uh, oh, okay. Yep, yep. Uh, I believe that what what I said last week rings true now. I think that those builds are flawed and are ex- were exploiting a bad metagame right when a new uh, quote unquote you know new format started. Mm-hmm. And a lot of bad design decks, poorly designed decks, were getting exploited by the powers of Yorion Blinks plus removal spells. Yeah, and as the format evolves now. I think the way that an Azorius Yorian deck, especially a deck that has to, you know, plays 80 cards because playing 80 cards is a downside. And now that the, the companion rule has changed, it is a downside. You have to make, make it valuable to, to be a Yorian deck again. Yep. Uh, I agree. I, I do believe that the, the way for this to happen is to rebuild the deck from the bottom up. And whether that be Esper, uh, you know, Selesnya, uh, Azurius, I don't have the answer for that, but what I do think it's not going to be all right. Maybe I should cut one solemn and maybe add a few more removal spells here or there. It's not that. It is a it is a bottom up redevelopment of the deck. Am I a, am I a tap out control deck? Am I a counter spell flash deck? Like what is the meta game that is playing and how do I facilitate it from a strategic and not just in a an action reaction standpoint it's not should my removal be doom blades it should be what should my entire core game plan of winning the game look like Mm -hmm. and i i I totally agree with you and i've sat back and i've asked myself like okay what beats gruel adventures because that is what i expect you know i mean other people have access to this data on mtg melee and can recognize the trends of what decks have been going, uh, doing well. And this isn't the first example of Gruel Adventure doing doing well. So for me, step one is like, okay, how do I beat Gruel Adventure with Yorian decks? Because, you know, I like them. I still was super high on Esper um, Doom Foretold going into the tournament. Manguchi played it to a, a, a medium result. Um, but I'm trying to just ask myself, how do I beat Gruel? And so far, 
I, I'm not coming up with anything great from the Yorian side. And I've just been, you know, uh, kind of getting crushed basically with, with different decks that I've tried. So I'm essentially lost because that's pretty much all I was playing was Yorian. And I know you were like mainly on Gruul, but kind of dabbled into everything. So now I'm just, you know, just a sad boy sitting on a dock crying um, wishing my bird serpent was still good. Well, so if, if we want to, if we want to just state a a current level zero, now it's really difficult for us to actually tell you everyone what the metagame looks like because the truth is, is there's still 15 decks out there. Yeah. Um. There's just there's a million variants. There's like four different decks that play Doom Foretold, for an example. Mm-hmm. There's multiple different ways to build ramp decks. There's different ways to build blink decks. Uh. There's there's like three different builds of uh demir decks you know like which just can't be right first of all but we're just not at that point where we figured out the best one is how i see that yeah things have not homogenized yet and so you can't just go into this thinking like the metagame is going to be 40 percent gruel 40 percent demir rogues and Mm -hmm. then 20 percent azuris yorian and i'll never play anything else that's just not how it's going to work and no i'm saying that for people at home but i do think that the top two decks are Demir Rogues and Gruel. And Any particular uh, order that you would put them in? Which I, one I you think, think? I think Gruel Agro is, is the best deck in the format right now. Do you think it'll be the most popular? Um, or do you think uh, do you think more people lean on Gruel because it may be easier than Demir? Or because that's where I would think. I would think Gruel is gonna be it is the best deck, and I think it's gonna be the most popular because it's a little bit easier to pick up for people that are maybe weren't you know, completely connected to standard before the MPL thing. That, that's how I approach it, though. You, would you happen to agree, boys? I think Gruul is probably an easier deck to target than Demir. Um, might be a better deck right now, but I would... More exploitable. I would guess that Demir is a more resilient strategy overall. Okay. Okay. Brad might disagree, but... Um, I, I think I disagree just for the fact that Gruul just inherently has a very powerful curve, um, has card advantage, has a lot of different options in the way that you attack a metagame. Yeah. And 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 different builds. Like there's just so many unique green good green and red cards. This whole mm-hmm. like so the funny thing about Santa right now is, you know, the the fire design kind of incorporated this like no bad cards like theory that no rare can just be unplayable like they used to be like you remember like there you you would you could sometimes open a card that was like colorless white enchantment uh mm-hmm. target opponents non-basic lands that start with a number enter the battlefield <laughs> tapped yeah. you know just, just like, cards just, that were like not really niche cards but they were just like why why just space fillers, basically. <laughs> yeah, and now pretty much every rare is a creature or like yeah. a decent, like it, like at worst, it's like triple this damage or this is also a burn spell. Um, yeah, every clause starts with this card draws a card when it comes into play. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and 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 now that all of the busted cards or most of them or the ones that we thought are all removed from the game, there is a lot of options. Every color combination actually has of what cards to choose from. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of overlap so um i do think that gruel will be able to stick around a lot and one of the biggest problems with demir rogues is i think if it's actually targeted with a lot of escape and strategies it has a really tough time winning exactly. like if you even look at its data it it preyed on ramp that preyed on yorion and I mean, it, it, had a, on it, had a, it had a positive win rate against every deck except for gruel aggro demir rogues yeah 
Well, I don't know what the others are. You know, I would I I would need the others broken down for me to. Sure, I mean it was fifty seven. Yeah. It, it 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 had the second best win rate against other decks out of any of the decks in the tournament. Yeah, fifty seven percent. Like, I'm not, oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's still not one of the best decks. I'm like I'm arguing that Demir Rogues was not actually hyper focused on for this metagame. Yorion was. Yeah, but neither was Gruul Agro, right? Gruul Agro was not focused on at all. In fact, it was just a non-deck coming. Like, I wouldn't say it was a non-deck coming in, but like, it wasn't a deck that had, that people were focusing on its on its radar. While Yorion was the primary focus, no one was like, Demir Rogues, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Whereas <laughs> I, I, think, I think some people were like, wow, that's a lot of Gruul Aggro. I didn't expect that. You know what so I'm saying? That's People haven't perfect... had a chance to adjust yet to Gruel Agro, whereas sure. Rogues is a yeah. known quantity. People have been able to adjust for it. You look at the sideboards that people have, and there's, you know, it's four scavenging use, four chain web, Arachnir, or whatever. Yeah. And yet Rogues is still winning across the board. Um, okay. Like, so that, that brings a good segue into this. How do you target Gruel if you want to try to beat it? Like spot black spot removal? Um, you know, I haven't been having so, success with Yorian more shatters. Like, how do you beat this deck? So actually that kind of segues into kind of what I had wanted to say before, but we we okay. kind of brushed past it about Yorion. Mm-hmm. Um like I, I agree with Brad when he was saying uh that you have to redesign it from the ground up. And and that's how I like that's how I love to to do with decks too. Like I felt like um, I did that a lot of times with, with Esper Hero when I latched onto that deck where it started to become bad in a format and I was like, all right, I have to redesign this deck from the ground up. Like, I can't yep. just change five cards or whatever. Like, I have to just, I have to re-establish entirely what the strategy is to be able to compete in the current metagame. And I feel like that that is also the case for this deck right now. And I think you're, the, the two things that look like possible options for me, this is strictly for blue-white Yorion, there, mm-hmm. There's probably three color combinations that are better, maybe Esper or Jeskai or something like that, um, or Bant even possibly. But uh, what I see for the blue-white is you either go full control, um, kind of like what Javier's list look like, uh, where, you know, tons of counter spells, that yeah, kind of angle. Yeah, he made 4S and scatters and stuff, I, if I believe correctly, or if yeah, I remember like, correctly. It was yeah. basically a control deck with Yorion. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I... I skeptical that that's a good strategy uh but that is one angle that i think is is better than like the random just cards eight the random cards that i own blue white you know yeah Um, and i think the other angle is to go and it's not because like there's there's two camps there's the control camp and then there's the blinking glass casket all that kind of stuff camp and yeah. I think the other angle is actually to to keep to go really hard on permanent based stuff, but to lean more on threats than answers. So instead of leaning on glass caskets and uh, you know shatter the skies and like these defensive cards that are pretty exploitable, you know, by your opponent, just like for example, shark shark tornado just completely exploits all those removal spells. And like Solemn Simulacrum, I bet was pretty bad. It never really looked good when I was watching. I think that's a card that is probably not yeah. long for that deck list anymore. Completely agree. It was it was yeah. good against uh, the mirror match, and that was about it. Like it yeah. wasn't really good against anything else, but it, it was great in the mirror. But that's mm-hmm. it. that was it. Uh, like 
get away from that kind of stuff and just and maybe the cards don't even exist in the format. Like I would, I would have to scour the thing, mm-hmm. but more cards like Illyrios that uh, produce a token. And then when you blink them, they do something good. More, more copies of Thassa, you know, more copies of all these cards that you can just play to the board, like push an advantage, maybe Baron or something in small numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know how I like the cards might not exist for that, but mm-hmm. if they do, I think that is a much more proactive approach to the deck yeah. where your opponent actually like feels but like they're on the back foot. So but, yeah. but doesn't that just play into Demir Rogue's game plan? Like, doesn't doesn't that put you in the pinch where it's like if Yozuri wants to try to be good against Gruel and play a bunch of permanents, then it gets weaker against Demir Rogue's? I think you have to choose between those, you know, uh, and and another thing to kind of add on to both of your points is like Maze Mind Tome, you know, a card that's really good against Demir Rogues, but pretty heinous against everything else. I, I think you just have to, if you want to have success with Azorius Yorion, you have to give up Demir Rogues game one and then just have a, a huge sideboard for it because the matchups that translates good against rogues uh your yorion deck being good against rogues and then good against the other wide variety of it i think it's way closer that your azorius deck is better with like the blinking kind of strategy the play to the board proactive style but i totally agree that style is not going to beat rogues i mean i will Um, say that from looking at coverage and and from looking at the win rates afterwards like the 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 times i was watching coverage where i saw yorion versus rogues i mean i saw it a couple times with uh you know, Jean Emmanuel Dupra, who is playing a very controlling version, um, similar mm-hmm. to what Javier also played. Um, that that also didn't seem like it was doing that well against Rogues. No, it so, didn't. So it's like it you were saying that there's, you know, you either play to the board, you're good against Gruel, or you don't, mm-hmm. and you're better against Rogues. I actually think that you could build a deck that plays to the board that is better against both decks. And I, and one of the cards that I think kind of bridges that gap. Is is actually Elspeth, which I played one copy of Elspeth this weekend, and it it really overperformed for me a lot. I don't okay. think that that card's particularly great against uh, Gruel, but against Rogues, it was it was really strong. And I think if you built your deck where you're playing a lot of copies of Elspeth, um, you're gonna have. A, uh, I think that that's actually a better game plan against Rogues than trying to play the same long game that they play and just be a little bit worse at it. You're yeah. still going to run into the spots where both players have seven cards in hand, but you have all these cards that are sorcery speed only. Like even Yori on how, for how good it is, like you have to cast it or it's Dream a disputable threat for sure. They both are. Yeah, Dream Trawler yeah. or whatever. All, for how good all those cards are in the matchup when they're on the board, like you have to spend all that mana at sorcery speed to get them on the board. Yeah. And I just I don't think that that's a winning strategy, even if you're skewing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I, I do think like something like playing to the board and having a bunch of Elspeths, which great, like I found that just be very good against Demir because spewing out tokens going wide was something that they didn't, they kind of struggled to deal with and them killing it. And then you get to just recast <clears throat> it over and over and over again also could grind later into a game when you started to fall behind a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense to me, especially with like, you know, I feel like that gives you a little bit more of a chance in those uh, Demir matchups, because just with how everything's set up, 
and having to play, not having to, but getting to play so many ECDs from the Azorius Yorian deck, it's like one of your best cards. You know, you do not want to sideboard all those because they're great against every other matchup, but they're heinous against Lurus, so they're just like, you know, a, a landmine every time you had to draw that card. So if I was trying to play Azorius Yorian, I would really just give up game one against Lurus uh, because you already have to play those cards and then all the decks that were trying to do the half measure, the half counter spells, and then half kind of play to the board, blink stuff. Those are the decks that just weren't focused enough to beat anything. I think you really have to be focused to do one of the things to have any success with it, if it's even possible. So yeah, I, I'm with you, BBD. Yeah, and I, I and I actually think that the like the better strategy against rogues is to get out ahead of them early if yeah. you can, and then they'll come back at some point because like they they'll draw like they'll get your graveyard down they'll into the story you know mm -hmm. they'll they'll draw removal spells that are really cheap and kill your creatures and like they'll start to come back um but if and you that's have when disputes are good too you know if you can pressure them disputes are good otherwise they're not good because you don't go long enough you know or because right. you go too long excuse me and and I'll, that's also where a card like elspeth super shines because it's good at putting that additional pressure on and mm -hmm. then even when they start to come back, it's good at closing the door. So and, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to argue against Elspeth. I just want to get one point in. Like okay. Elspeth might be good against Demir Rogues, but the way you're designing this main deck sounds like it's super underpowered against Rakdos, other mirror matches, Team Ramp. Like, try you know adding Elspeth to your main deck to fight Rogues might be good. But it, I mean, I do agree with Corey. If there's an Azurus Yorian deck, it almost feels like it has to concede game one to Rogues and then just have, you know, like my, like the Girl Adventures decks I played wasn't even conceding to Rogues game one, but <clears throat> I boarded 15 cards against them, you know? I mean, if, if you're going to mm -hmm. concede game one to Rogues, then you just shouldn't play the deck. Like, uh, like. Do you think so? Or just have Elspeth in the sideboard? I mean, I think that's reasonable, you know? I don't think that you're going to win the match if you're conceding every game one to Rogues. No, I really but, don't. I don't think you're going to. Yeah. I think you're going to find the best formula of losing to everything if you're trying to beat Rogues with like, like, like. So Rogues is such. But a if you build strategy. this, so if you build this deck like this, and you actually have a game, you have a chance game one against Rogues, and you're putting a lot of permanents into play, so you probably have a good shot against Gruel. You're building a deck that. Ha potentially has a chance in those two matchups, which are probably the two most important matchups. I 100% agree. You're going to have a heinous ramp matchup. You're going to have a heinous yeah. mirror match matchup. But if the goal, like as stated, is to try to be able to beat both of those two decks, I think that is how you have to do it. And I'm not, I don't know that that with like, Yorion. That, with Yorion, with yeah. Yorion. Specifically with the deck Yorion. Specifically with Azorius, because outside of all that, you know, Elspeth's Nightmare is a heck of a magic card. Spot right. removal, you know, that those doors could be opened in another way. Yes. Um, yeah. But just with Azorius, I do just agree. We have to just completely break the design and try to start over. Because we should, and I mean, we should move to talk that, to but, another deck that we kind of yeah. shit on last week, even though I, I think in the pre-show I talked about how I was like doing okay against Yorion. Um, yeah. And that's Rakdos Midrange, which if I'm looking for a deck for this weekend where my goal is to just play against Gruul and Demir all tournament long mm -hmm. and win, it would be with Rakdos Midrange because um, you have escape in the main deck. You have six sixes that are difficult for the deck to beat. Yeah. Uh, you have a ton of removal, which is, the you know, the best way to beat Embercleave and the Great Henge is to just not let them play a 5-5 five five on turn three. Kill the 5-5, mm -hmm. the five five, stop the Henge, you know? Yeah. And uh, 
I, I was liking Rakdos in the 11th hour of testing last week, even beating Yorin a few times, but my issue was I no one else wanted to test with me. I didn't have enough time to tune it. Yeah. Um, and because they were all locked in on their decks already. And so I just gave up and just kept playing Gruel. Yeah, there's kind mm-hmm. of a there's kind of like a little cat and mouse game there between Great Henge and like resource denial strategies where if your opponent gets a great engine play, like you're straight effed. Yeah. But because you're able to deny them the resources like Broxa hitting their hand, killing their big creatures and stuff, it's harder for them to get the henge into play. And it's kind of like that that little dance there. But mm-hmm. and, and you yeah. also you can also bring in removal. Like I think what's great is that there's a new shatter that cycles. <laughs> so whenever I yeah. play against a great hen strategy with Rakdos, I just pour it in my cycling shatters and mm-hmm. when i need them i can use them and when i don't i can cycle them and yeah yeah that's great one half and there. i mean uh so one thing with rakdos for me like i too was insanely surprised that it even had a positive record i i thought that was going to be a huge mistake by what paulo sigrist um a, whole, a couple other people played it um but you know i was pleasantly proven wrong and they they really did do insanely well against rogues you know which is the deck they're heavily metagame to be yeah, they they did they did insanely well against shark rogues they actually still only went 50 50 with the mirror rogues with Luris. which is yeah. which is sad to me which because it's another if, testament to how good Luris rogues might be totally right. agree and then here's the thing the one last point i want to make and this is you know maybe trying to level yourself too much which you know we've all been there where you just think this is what's going to happen but people are going to adjust and then people don't adjust and you look silly but if racto starts to be this deck that's going to pop up you know then is yorian good again because i mean i that's one matchup where i just absolutely deny yeah, or yeah, annihilated it's, them but uh, it's, i'm actually gonna have to say it with i know both of you love yorian and i don't want to start an argument but we sounds like you're about to start an argument. I, uh, yeah, Yorian <laughs> has not yet performed well in any real tournaments in a large sample size since the banning. So maybe Yorian is just this popular thing that we're all trying to make happen, but it's actually not that good of a deck, or at least Azorius Yorian, because while it's been popular and good on the ladder for like last week, even in all of the Red Bull uh, Week of Wings tournaments and stuff. Azorius Yorian always had 50 or worse win percentage in large sample sizes. I'm just going to say this, though. Like, if Yorion is one of the more played decks, then Rakdos did have the worst win percentage against Yorion in the tournament. It only won 70% of the time against Yorion. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the deck it's supposed to beat. That's so bad. It could only beat the deck 70% of the time. Why would you want to play Rakdos mid? At least play one of these other decks that has like an 80, 85% win rate against yeah, Yorian. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah, maybe we should just stop talking about Azorius Yorian or Yorian in general and give the people what they want a deck they can play that is not 80 cards. As so, much as that pains me to say it, that's probably the direction we should head to. <laughs> so I want to say that going into this podcast before we started talking about anything, mm-hmm. Rakdos was like the deck that I wanted to kind of point out as like a sleeper pick yeah. because um so it, it, it performed pretty well in the tournament at 60 percent win rate which is which is good really good and um it is also a deck that looks like it's quite good against the winner's metagame of gruel and demir um like it, it has it looked like it, it had a good matchup against both of those strategies and it did so in a round robin tournament so 
Rakdos performed well in a round robin tournament where you might be six and three and you're playing against somebody who's zero and nine, you know, uh, which I think was the case when I got my first win. So you're not even getting you don't get to play against like a winner's metagame or anything like that, where decks that are good are going deeper into a tournament where you'll ma- like match up against them. You're just playing against whoever you're paired against, no matter how good or bad they are doing. But in an actual tournament where there's a winner's metagame and we're thinking that Rogues and Gruel are the two better decks that are going to go deeper into a tournament, and Ra- if Rakdos is good against both those decks and was just performing well in general, it's probably a pretty good pick right now. But also, I don't know if we are going to get a winner's metagame for... We will we will maybe for The Clash, but not really. No, The Clash is not really a winner's metagame thing. And also the arena open isn't because it's like scattered in day one and day two. And yeah, and neither of those tournaments are. So, so, so yeah, this weekend is just a crapshoot. <laughs> like all the tournaments yeah. that, that people are going to be playing in, like the, no, they aren't big enough or their structures won't allow for a winner's metagame to really manifest. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess that's it, our podcast. Doesn't fucking matter. Let's go. No, no, see no, you guys no, next no, week. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's the podcast. Doesn't fucking matter. Play the story story on, baby. You can get that yeah, win rate up to. No, you too. I, I, I got a lot of ideas for how to build the deck. I know I could get the win rate to 35%, 38%. I know wow. I can do it. So, damn. <laughs> you yeah. are a pioneer. You're a pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. So. I mean, the the deck that actually performed the best was only piloted by two pilots, Matt Nass and I think Jacob Wilson. But they yep. played Selesnia Blink, which is a deck that yep. we I haven't played much with. But I'm after this podcast, I'm actually going to play with their list a little bit. Yeah, I'll um, try it. Oh, it's good. I, I didn't play with it earlier this week. I've been a little busy catching up with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know the 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 political landscape has kind of uh, left me with crippling anxiety this week. But uh, I'm coming around. Today's fair, a good day. Uh, I'm gonna play some magic, and and while while this deck could yeah take breaks, yeah this deck might actually be good, um in that winner's meta game. I have to confirm it, but you should you know those at home, let us know what you think about that deck. Um, yeah, but I do want to looks say good to me. Yeah, something I actually can say for the weekend that'll help people is, do not play my version of Gruel. Play uh, Ray Saito's if you're mm-hmm. debating between the two. And the reason is, I built mine to fight Elspeth Conquer's death way more with gem razors and and things of that nature. Like I I was targeting a and just Yorian game. in general, right? Yorian in general, but mm-hmm. the best the Ray's build is much better for Demir and Gruel. Because yeah. you you have a, a stronger game one against Demir with with the Great Henge and Scorching Dragonfire's main, and then mm-hmm. after sideboard, instead of Gem Razors, you have some um, whatever the two one I always forget the name of it the adventure creature that des- that destroys artifacts Ember Shield Shieldbreaker. Shieldbreaker you have Shieldbreaker that is okay against Azurus Yoria not great but it gets her caskets back mm-hmm. and it it can blow up Ember Cleaves and the Great Henge as well but also trigger your your uh, edge wall innkeepers, which yeah. is nice. So I, I do and really- And Clothus and Ox just both seem insane against uh, Demir as well. Yes, our biggest mistake with our deck built, our, the way we built our deck was we didn't play more Ox and we just played mm. Phoenix. I think the three Ox and the two Clothus is the best way to attack those decks. And um, I, I greatly just, I think that that list is almost perfect. And 
at least from the, the best of my abilities right now and maybe a couple mm-hmm. days of testing it, I could find some ways to change it. But so far, I've been very happy with that 75. So would right. you play this? Uh, is that what you're leaning on then um, for the weekend? Something just proactive? Or do you think this deck is going to somehow have a target on its head? I, I just I'm struggling with just figuring out how you target this deck. Just even looking at his list right now, I just don't know how to target it to be effective. It's, with, it's not easy you know? to target because it's playing a lot of the best. Like, you know, we ban cards until Bone Crusher is almost one of the best cards. And Bone Crusher is <laughs> not even that good in Rakdos because you don't have the inwell key. Like, the reason Bone Crusher is so good in a deck like this is because you have the Edgewell Innkeepers. You have the Great Henges and the Ember Cleaves that make the body relevant. Yeah. And 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 the, the deck just kind of is an engine. It gets to play 30 lands, but actually only play 22. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, I mean, of, of any deck that's exploiting the landfall and the double-faced cards, it's Gruel. Because the deck has 30 lands, but when you're flooding, you have more 3-3s three with landfall and removal spells. Uh, I'd argue Team of Ramp has a, a pretty nice mana base as well. You know, they just all their flip cards are pretty sweet as well in that deck. But I'm totally with you. I think uh, well, I think this they, deck is they awesome, get but. to do it, but Gruel abuses it. Gruel, yeah. like for sure, like Teamer is already playing Ramp, and sometimes you want to play your creature as a as a land and, and otherwise not. Um, yeah. But like Gruel's actually abusing it because Gruel's the type of deck that doesn't want to miss a land drop, but can't flood. Yeah. And, yeah. and and it's able to play, you know, 30 lands, but not really flood that often, which is just kind of absurd. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And I mean, there's small changes like Mammoth is better in Gruel. Uh, Shatter Skull Smashing is better in Teamer because it ramps. But yeah, I, I, I guess I totally see your point. Yeah, I think those cards are better in Gruel for sure because mm. they're so they're less situational in that kind of a deck. Yeah. Yes. Like it's it's either you're playing it as a land that you need or mm-hmm. its other side is actually does something for you. And that's not always the case for the other cards and the other decks. Fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, Gruel just seems great. That's where I'm leaning on. And it's sad because, you know, I've been a huge Yorian lover of all flavors. But yeah, I just haven't ha- been having enough uh, good results this last week. Now that people have just been picking up decks from the MPL rivals, which is a natural thing to do. Um, and and the main thing is I've just been getting smashed by Gruel Adventures. So I think it's kind of a, if you can't beat them, join them thing for me this weekend. But I am interested in the Celestia Blink deck. And even the Celestia Adventure deck, <laughs> uh, I, I thought was pretty cool as well. But I don't have anything, you know, super exciting or, or loving either one of them yet because I haven't played too much. But Yeah, I haven't Brad, played- I'm really happy. Oh, I was going to say that I'm I'm really happy. I've been trying to minister to you for years now and you just you always rejected me. And I'm I'm glad that finally uh our missionary Ray Sato got through to you and you've just become a man of the clothus. So <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally. And the one time it was right for you to play at BBD, you you went you went with the the bird serpent. Bold, I've been excommunicated. Bold. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been excommunicated. I'll never be back. Would you yeah. say you've been blinked out? Oh, I have. I've been phased out, actually. <laughs> and then is it your tail's end, so you never come back in? No, I'll can, come back Can we now. be off this? Okay. Yeah, we can be off it. <laughs> okay. 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 Yep. Uh, I'll uh, see myself out. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I do actually want to touch a little bit more on Celestia Blink, though, because yeah. this, this deck did perform really well, and I, I tested a little bit with it, and I, I wasn't that impressed, but... That was also like they were a, a step ahead. Like, yeah, 
Because when I was just playing it on the ladder, you know, you're running into Azorius Yorion, and, and I think the blue-white version is favored against, like, the Celestia version. Mm-hmm. But when you look at their deck, if you come into it with the assumption that the blue-white version sucks and is going to win 26.8% of its matches, uh, then this deck starts to look really good against what decks remain. Um, yeah. Just has, it has a lot of, gr- like, Wicked Wolf, such a phenomenal removal spell against a Gruul deck. Um, yeah. And especially with Yorion, and especially with Vivian, too, where you can minus two Vivian, play Yorion, get Wicked Wolf, and, you know, like, off and the... And Wicked Wolf comes into play, and then you blink it. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah, yeah. and that's, then you that's get to insane. blink the Vivian like, back to... Wow. Yeah. Okay, and, I mean, the, the two factors that are obvious that we're not really bringing up... One, this is the only Yorian deck that's 60 cards. You yes. know, this is just that's no big. companion that Yorian. Huge. Like, that's huge. This is the consistency that we're talking about that you really lose with jumping to 80 cards. And number two, most things, most uh, ways that people are attacking other Yorian decks are with disputes and negates. Neither of them are effective, <laughs> but you still feel somewhat obligated to bring in disputes to hit their Yorians because they're so important. But, you know, if you don't leave up three mana and they just wicked wolf your crab or whatever, um, you know, that's pretty awkward whether you have negate or dispute. So I think those are two huge uh, other, contributing factors. Other things other things to note here. Only two Elspeth conquers death in the main, Love which it. is, yeah, that's a good like nod to rogues you know it's like yeah this card doesn't do anything against that deck and you know except you can play it and then sometimes mm-hmm. get a guy back you know but yeah it doesn't really do uh anything against rogues generally speaking and then uh two cultivates which is really interesting yeah what uh, one uh, sorry to interrupt you but one last thing on elspeth conquer's death and even like against gruel your five mana interactive spell is not ideal either, you know? So I think Elspeth Conger's death stock uh, was, it couldn't have been higher last week or the week before. And then I think it's just been slowly plummeting. Uh, and I think because Elspeth Conger's so, death is absurd against Gruul. Yeah, it oh, is really? absurd against oh, Gruul. Yeah, it's yeah. like the best card against Gruul. Uh, but, I, th- but, I thought it was just a little too slow is what I was saying. But, but the thing yeah. is, is like you, it, it is a must to have Elspeth Conger's death for blue weight against Gruul. Like okay. you, you have to draw that card to have a chance. Oh, yeah. But yeah. this deck doesn't need it as much because Wicked Wolf fills the role that Elspeth Conquers Death does in a lot of scenarios, in particular against Embercleave, where like you kind of have to have an Elspeth Conquers Death for an Embercleave, or they just keep moving it around and you just can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. But here, if you have a Wicked Wolf, like that actually being able to sack a food and go indestructible. Um, plus the food itself being able to, to often provide you with like a little bit of a life buffer. Uh, you can actually just fight it on the battlefield some amount of the time, mm. which you you can't really do with the blue white deck. Like you just yeah. have to get it all, out of play. So yeah, I think that that like you don't need it as much in this deck. And because it's so bad against one of the best decks, I, I really like how this deck is built and cultivate. And we is got just, two more in the sideboard too for matchups where it's good. So yeah. Yeah. And cultivate just is so much better than like solemn simulacrum and, mm. and like the blue eyed versions and the Esper versions just can't <sighs> like, you can't even cast the cards. So you can't yeah. play it, but yeah, it's much faster to the board. It actually like it actively ramps you uh, and gives you another land to play. Like I, I just, I think that this is just looking at it. Like when I tested with it, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but what we know from how the tournament played out last weekend, 
not surprising that this deck did really well. It looks quite strong. Yeah, this deck does look interesting. And if I I, I went into this podcast, you know, it, it's raining outside. I, I was sitting outside in the rain, just alone, sad, scared, because all my Yori index are not bad. Now I just have sunshine peering through the windows that there's maybe another Yori index. So yeah, all I'm, you had to do was stop playing the blue Yorians and just go to the white Yorians. Hey, you know, uh, I, I was so stuck in my way. I had to break everything down from the floor up, you know? So I learned a lot in this podcast. This is, uh, I'll like, subscribe. I'll mash that button. You know, all, all the things you were saying earlier, Brad. I don't think it works when you're a part of it, but I will say mm. that my mm. deck choice for the weekend would be Gruel unless I, I want to play some Gruel versus Lesnia and see how that plays out. But if that's not that good, I'm just going to keep playing Gruel because my win percentage with it has just been absurd on the ladder. Uh, yeah. Whether what doesn't matter what build I play, I'm just that's the deck I win with the most. Yeah, definitely going to be my fallback if I don't enjoy anything else for sure. Yeah, and I, and I do think yeah. that Ray Saito's build is is much better than mine. I said that. So anyone out there that's playing, just start with his. And mm -hmm. uh, if you have any questions, if you're in the Discord, you can uh, message away in there. We have a tournament help room now um, yeah. where uh, I, I try to take a look each day to see if anyone, what they're doing. But um, And if you're not in the Discord, message at Shaheen Sarani on Twitter and ask his opinion on it. He he should be able to help you and as then, well. And also, if you want more help with Blue at Yorian from Brian, I did add a new category in the Discord called the Dumpster. Oh, and, I oh. thought you were going to talk about, like, there's, like, a category in there for, like, horrible formats or, like, Something horrible. Yeah. And I shitty thought formats. Shitty yeah. formats. Yeah. So we have the a room for formats. and a room for a store. <laughs> and then all the other uh, formats get shoved into the shitty formats room. Yeah. You can tell who created that one. Uh, it, it was definitely, <laughs> definitely Brad. Cause I still love me some modern baby. Same. Woo. I think those other formats are great. Yeah. It's the only yeah. way to play fun magic anymore. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. Standard. Yeah, yeah. One last. One you last note. The customer is always white, Brian, and they're a lot more arena customers. The, the customer is always white. Is that what you said? <laughs> said <right. laughs> uh, wow. wow. I, uh, I know nobody asked me, but you said, what deck would you play this weekend? And Brad said, Gruel. My answer yeah. would be Demir Rogues, actually. Would you? Yeah. Just, or, or just play maybe, the deck that's been maybe, pretty maybe, solid. Maybe Celestia Blink would have to give us more time to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think that Demir Rogues is really just a proven itself as a strategy. Oh, I, and I, and there's some play, there's some play style choice like yeah it, in my decision there. I you completely know? agree with you that that deck's good, but when I play with it, I'll I'll have to cast a main phase uh, into the story, and I won't draw a fifth land, and then I'll just flood on crabs in hand with no land drops, and <laughs> I, I just I just never draw well with the deck. It just pisses me off. That's honestly why I don't like playing it. And the mirrors I, are really difficult. They're really difficult, and I do think the one disadvantage with that deck is it is pretty easy to target. You know, if it wasn't winning by milling and it didn't have to get that thing, if it was just like a good Demir control deck, it'd be harder to target. But the fact that escape cards are so good against it, everyone's going to be packing like an absurd amount this weekend because uh, the opportunity cost, I think, is so low, but... I actually feel differently because, really? I mean, we, we talked about this earlier in the podcast, but the the... The Lurus versions were performing better than the Shark versions, and the Shark versions are what you're saying a blue control, a, blue, a Demir control deck, kind of. So, but they still have to facilitate everything by getting cards in your graveyard. So, if you have that effect that it escapes them out of your graveyard, you're naturally 
that's naturally going to be a good thing against both sides. You know, I, I'm not even talking the difference between the shark version sure. or the Luris version. Just that specific mechanic of have escape cards is going to be good against both of them. And now every deck has them. Yeah. Um, I mean, how so. much? How many of them do you care that much about, though? Yeah. Like I, like, I think you care. Like, I mean, I know I'm broken record. I think you care about mm-hmm. Elspeth, but nobody's playing that card. Mm-hmm. And I think you definitely care about the Ox. But how many of the other ones, like, are game breaking you still I, I'm have not to, sure. you still, it depends on the matchup but you still have to care about their escape creatures because what they do is if you don't interact with them and you don't have cling to dust then their game plan is about interact with your creatures and keep escaping and then all of a yeah. sudden all of your cards cost a million again yeah yeah I, I i know i just i still think i mean and cling is a big part of it too i think that yeah it's really easy for them to just draw one cling and then it's, oh, you know, it's I'm on, not disagreeing so. with it. I'm saying that I'm too stupid to know <laughs> how to play and sideboard and, and play this deck against the entire field. And that's, I'm playing to my strengths, which is I know how to play Gruel Adventures. And if you told me next week's episode has to be a deep dive on Demir Rogues, I would learn the deck. I would talk to some masters uh, of the archetype, but currently right now, like, Every time I play it, I have no clue how to exactly sideboard, right? Like, what matchups yeah. do I take out the one-one rogue or the or the crabs, or how do I approach the mirror matches? How many clings do I want in every matchup? Mm-hmm. And that that stuff is just difficult for me. And I'm, I'm too stupid for it too. I, I'm with you on that. Like, I, that is a deck that yeah. demands reps too. So if you are going to yeah. be playing blue black, yeah. you know, don't just think I can just jump in this. You know, gruel I think would be a better choice for people that maybe are just starting testing this week for that regard. If you yes. can put in, you know, a couple days, a good, a good day and a half, then rogues, you know, could easily be better if it fits your play style and all that thing. But I totally think you got to put in the work for that one. Otherwise you might have a miserable tournament. Uh, I agree completely with what you guys just said. I also mm-hmm. just think that Ray Saito's build of gruel is just fantastic. And it's just a well-built deck. Yeah. It's just no, an I, easy I, deck I to pick too. up and just, I, I and just win with, I don't know. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see who. We'll see which deck does better going long. Still think it's going to be rogues. But. <laughs> the thing is, we won't re- really be able to tell. The arena open, you see who like wins, but you don't get any percentages. So we, you know, if one of us specifically won with an with a deck, like sure, we could be like, nope, you were so wrong. But for the most part, we're not going to really be able to know outside of. Uh, so, excluding arena open the other events of course but. so what you're saying is i can make the claim next week that blue white yorian really did well you sure can <laughs> you sure can we just use this one tournament that was this last saturday Sunday, the week of wings qualifier yeah where demir rogues had 181 people play the deck mm-hmm. and it went 47.8 percent <laughs> And Grill mm-hmm. Ventures had 167 yeah, players play the event, and they were last, 55.6. We're talking, we're talking about the future. That's no, last no, weekend. We just used this to prove the future, and I'm right, and you're wrong. Okay, and so the also, deck that nobody knew existed that took the metagame by storm did really well. Whoa, 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 yeah, I, whoa, whoa, I, I get you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everyone knew it existed. All week long, Grill Ventures was one of the top played decks all week long in the Red Bull Week of Wings. Okay. Hey, I want to focus on the main thing that was just said. Brad, Brian thinks for some reason he's going to be invited back. He said when we when we talk about it next week. I think that's the real issue we need to tackle right now. <laughs> oh, I, I think that there's a real good chance that whoever you try to invite next week mishap befalls them. 
Oh well, only <laughs> time will tell. Know. Ominous, I know, but only time will tell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I say that that does it for now. Um, anyone yeah. that has questions about the format, let us know on Twitter or in the Discord. We'll be talking about standard for the rest of the week. Uh, for for those of you in uh, our Patreon, we did not do a mini so this week. I changed some of my setup, and my my computer kept freezing using my camera. So I have to figure out my tech shit. And, and then yeah, we'll be doing it was, it was a nightmare. Week. We started yeah. like recording it and had to stop like three times, maybe like 10 minutes in each time because Brad would just freeze and we'd disconnect from the calls. So we both got frustrated, told Brad to fix it, and we'll just bring you double the action next week. Yeah. And so I'm, I got to figure out what's going on. But and then, yeah. uh, but we do have some upcoming events that should interest you. The Bash Bros Battles number three. We've picked Woo-hoo. the date. It's going to be November 15th. It's a Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. That is, we're just running back the same thing. Uh, standard top eight, uh, you know, Swiss plus top eight. And, yeah. But we are, we do have a little twist because uh, somebody in our Discord, Heptagon, has graciously uh, <laughs> offered to, in addition to the BCW $1,000 in store credit, thanks to our sponsor from BCW is uh gifting the tournament $500 for first place. Yeah, that's so insane. Heptagon has always been so generous uh you know on my streams, uh versus live, all that stuff, but to uh throw up that kind of cash uh for an incentive for this tournament, really special. So thank you uh to Heptagon and uh, well, I mean that's exciting. We got to we're going to have to really do some testing, Brad. We 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 didn't win these last two, but we got to really try yeah, now. We'll definitely win the next two. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that is happening on the 15th. Uh, I'll be sending out on the first and then periodically until then uh, the code through uh, Patreon. So if you are a supporter, you'll there'll be a message in there for you to see that. Uh, this Friday at 5 p.m. is the CFB Clash Qualifier. Now, that's usually a weekend thing, but this is... They're trying to have this one be for um, Asia time zone. So 5 p.m. Okay. Pacific time is 9 a.m. Uh, somewhere over in Japan, I believe. And uh, so any night owls that want to play in the Clash this uh, this weekend in, in North America, uh, there's $5,000 in prizes. And if you end up winning it or taking t- first and second or maybe top four, I don't remember, Maybe top 16, top eight. I should learn more about this. But a lot, you know, I think it's top 16 qualify for the 30K at the end of the season. So uh, this is the You sounded really confident about that. I'm going to take your word for that. I'm actually pretty confident now. Uh, 64 divided by four is 16, right? Right, Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, so it is. The the top 16 of this Clash qualifier will qualify for the finals, and that'll be a two-day tournament where there's 30k in prizes but there's 5k in this weekend the and if you if you top 16 and then later turns out that brad was wrong about that you can direct all complaints to shaheen sarani yes, yes of course can. yeah and shaheen sarani will take that money out of his pocket to compensate you for the damages <laughs> <laughs> and then the energy series online trial number three will be uh this sunday uh thousand dollars prizes i believe that is an is an eternal format one of those shitty formats Mm. Mm, well, and if you and if you want to get better at those format, have we got the channel for you in our Discord? Let me tell you. Yes, we do. We do. Have. <laughs> it's very active. Oh, we do. We do. That's so good. Uh, no, the format standard. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's standard. It's a great format. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. 
Great format. <laughs> great format. Um, and then, Any format where Gruel is the second best deck, not a great format. All right. Last, <laughs> but, last but not least, let's put on, let's put on our, uh, our not, not laughing faces for a second. Um, is the Angela Chandler Memorial Tournament hosted by Judges Academy. Uh, Angela was a judge and an organizer, and she sadly uh, passed away from cancer. And so the Judge Academy is running a tournament where all um, all proceeds will be going to uh, her kids, actually. And, oh, that's awesome. And so that tournament is sat Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time. I'm actually doing coverage of it. I'll be doing commentary. So if anyone likes to watch com coverage of me, that'll be at twitch.tv slash uh, Judge Academy. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like a really great event for yeah. a really good cause. Standard, everything goes to her kids, uh, even including anything that Melee would make. Uh, we just, you know, the, the judge community always cares, you know, for each other. And I just, I'm happy that they're letting me be a part of this and trying to help a good cause. But uh, yeah, it's a really sad story, but I'm I'm glad that something like that is happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. But if you would like to play in that, that starts at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Sunday. It'll be standard and uh, it'll be a good old time. I mean, the prizes are absurd for this tournament. Um, lots of people donated. I mean, just looking through this, it's like uh, cool stuff donated 1500 in star credit, Ultra Pro 1200, Star City Games 1250, Jennifer Bell 1000. Uh, wow. Pa pastimes, a bunch of different things. Uh, a, a, a judge donated uh, or David Zimmett donated a bunch of judge promos. I mean, you just have to look at the it, in the description. If you're on like, you know, Podbean, it, we'll have a link for the tournament. You can just look. There's there's just tons of prizes that they're going to be giving out. I don't even know how they're distributing it. Um, honestly, they, they haven't done that. But I mean, just a shit ton of stuff. Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. Glad that people. You know, companies, doesn't matter if it's, you know, Channel Fireball, NSCG or whatever, all uh, contributing for a good cause. That's really, really yeah, cool. So anyone that that is didn't make day two of the open or still did and wants to double queue, this is an easy yeah. way to do that. And uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that that is it for uh, upcoming events. Uh, mm -hmm. Now we have the cast and crew and we got a few new people. Ooh. Oh, we we we're moving on. Our up. cast and crew is growing. Wow, we uh, our, our office, our office rooms are just going to uh, you know, just get overflowing or going to be just overrun here. Oh, what's, what's the cast and crew? Oh, we never heard of the cast and crew. Brian, Brian, the cast and crew is a is an assortment of wonderful supporters of ours from Patreon.com. Now, if you go there and you go to patreoncom slash podcast and would like to support this podcast, you can do so by uh, selecting one of the tiers. Uh, and supporting us. Now, if you hit a high enough tier, you become part of the cast and crew where we talk about you uh, at the end of every episode and also exploit your free labor. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that we were doing that, but thank you for that wonderful explanation, Brad, that You're would lead welcome. me, were I not the special guest, to immediately go to Patreon and donate massive amounts of dollars well brian here's the massive. thing even, even as a special guest you are if... allowed to still donate all your hard-earned money <laughs> and we'll get you a spot here so have whoa, no whoa, fear whoa, whoa, brian whoa, whoa. Corey, that was not hard-earned yeah. oh yeah that's a good point yeah. that's a good, good game yeah. <laughs> all right all right everyone first up on the cast and crew is one of our new members and it's opo am i saying that right oh, i think o -P -P -O. it's oppo 
Upo. Okay. Upo. All right. Well, sorry. New cast. Not new cast member. You had it right the first time, I think. Yeah, Corey. I think so too. Upo. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, this person seven owed. Uh, day two of the Zendikar qualifier with Gruel Adventures plus the cyborg guide that you put in there, Brad. So that's pretty in insane. Uh, the new job is now our research director. Mm. The research that we we found in there was just so good. Oh, I've, I just I've wanted got, to keep, keep pushing through. He's our research director, but he only researches our Discord server. Ooh, <laughs> uh, that, that was my question. Are they a director <laughs> of research or do they research mm. directors? Oh. Well, we're going to need clarification on that, but for now, that that's what we got. Yeah, no, Opo, uh, <laughs> it was great uh, to see you 7-0, the Zendikar qualifier, and uh, qualify for the Zendikar championship. First big event for Opo to be qualified for, so round of applause. And also congrats on a much bigger feat, which is becoming our research director. We don't just bestow that honor on anyone who applies who seven o's yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. just do it to anyone no of course no. not it's exactly no, 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 no. <laughs> not 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 everyone bradley oh yeah it's me up next all right wapa what is up <laughs> now wapa is my personal barista and uh we've both been a little lazy here and there drinking starbucks but but we still get it done. We still get it done. Uh, but also uh, has taken on a second job as cast and crew. And that is uh, our personal dog walkers, which is great. We should send Wapa some some pictures of our dogs. Sorry. Um, you know. Well, I mean, why would Wapa need that? Uh, Wapa walks your dog all the time. So well, that's, I'll, I'll send pictures not, of my dog. That's not true because Wapa said that, that they exclusively wouldn't walk BBD. Oh! Hey it seemed like BBD was the one taking you for a walk in the MPL league play, though. Oh. <laughs> Bang! Got him. Or actually, Adham got him. That's right. Oh, wow. Jumping the gun, Corey. I can't believe oh. that was written into the script. That yeah. is a shame. Yeah. He's actually got some bones to pick with Adham. So Adham is our ghost writer. He ghost writes these episodes. Yes. And I think he's overusing... Uh, pause for dramatic effect because every time it's Brad's turn to say the next cast and crew member, he pauses for a really long time. I can only yeah. imagine it's dramatically. I couldn't imagine it was because he doesn't realize it's his turn to do the next one. So yeah. I gotta say, Adham, you gotta tone it down a little bit on the dramatic pause because it's getting it's a little too much at this point. Yeah, Adham, it, it's uh, it's getting a little bit too much. You know, I mean, we just got a podcast to get through. And speaking yeah. of too much, David. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I jump the gun on that one, Corey? I'm so wow. sorry. <laughs> wow, BBD or Adham? Excuse me. Why would you? You know, have y'all getting too meta, <laughs> <laughs> or is that actually at him? Anyways, David Watt is our next cast member, and uh, that is our special guest screener. Really, really mediocre job um, week after week. Um, you know, we we've been really trying to get a really cool person that we're going to allude to a little bit later, but so far, David has just only been sending us. Um, Brian, you know, I think that's Brian. unfair to David. I think David did a good job this week because he actually went to four of the other five eligible of the five eligible people. He actually yeah. went to the other four first. Isn't that uh, what he's supposed to do? That's what David Watts said they did. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I mean, Andrea Mangucci literally private messaged me saying how much he loves the cast and would love to be a part of any episode at all. And David Watt said that 
Andrea said, absolutely not. So I don't know if I believe that, yeah, but I'm, sure. I've been playing a lot of Among Us lately, and if I've learned anything yeah. from that, it's to not trust anyone ever. Yeah, David's a little sus, I, I must say. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Someone that is also sus is Gino Batista, who was supposed mm. to be the special guest this week, but their brother used their one phone call from prison, I guess, to tell us mm. that Gino won't be able to be on this week. But did say that they were hopeful for uh, future weeks, whatever that means. But uh, I don't know what's going on. Sad that Gino's in prison, but the brother seems optimistic. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that the Gino's in prison and now their brother also is in prison. And in the same prison, you know, like they don't normally send family to the same prison. You I feel don't know so anything about law like that, Brad? I grew up in Mandan, North Dakota. I know a lot about prisons. Okay. No, you I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, do you even have a prison up there? We do oh. have a state Actually, uh, our dad... It's a farm. Our it's dad, a farm. Our dad worked at a state prison. Our grandma and our uncle all worked at a state prison. Hell, we are a family state penitentiary family. Nice. It's just they're all... Yeah, I guess they're just... None of them were forced to be there, which is a good thing. That's You good. guys need to get, like, yeah. 13 more people to work at the state pen so you can just... you can. You could make like a reality TV show about it called Pen 15. Anyway, our next person is Paul Cass. That was oh. Sorowski. Yeah, what were you going to say, good. Bradley? You went too fast in that because that was actually maybe one of your best jokes. Yeah. Thank you. Or, Thank you. or so many media minus ones <laughs> that you didn't even let us appreciate and marinated a really good one. <laughs> and then and then there's a spin-off to that show where you tell your mother about the experience and it's Penn and Teller. And so, there's yeah. Corey Rooney. Uh, so yeah. hey, uh, and I just cracked open a diet Pepsi, so there's another one called it's called Pen Atrash. Never mind. Jesus. Uh, a baby Paul- <laughs> photographer. That's what Paul does. That's yeah. what he does. All right, all He's, right. I stare at walls, he documents it. Boom. Makes sense. All right. Next up we got Max and Max is Corey's linguistic coach. Uh I I mess up all the time. You know, someone's gotta help. So Dude, my favorite, my favorite by far, um, <laughs> is I, I get on Corey's ass uh a decent amount. Because uh, we all have our, our words that we just go to, right? Mm-hmm. And and right. one of the big ones that you want to stop doing is the ums and the ahs and stuff like that. So, you, so a lot of times, if you're doing commentary and you know you don't want to do those things, you replace them with other, you know, go-to <laughs> words. And one of Corey's is exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and, yeah. Corey, and so so they'll be bound riffing between commentators and Corey will be like, exactly. And then this is going to happen, right? And I'm like, you know, yeah. use a different word. It's difficult, right? But the best <laughs> yeah. is I came, I was, I tuned into Versus Live yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I, I tuned in. And you know, sometimes when you tune into Twitch, it'll go to a commercial, but you get like a split second of it. Yeah. 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 It's yes. just you saying exactly. And then boom, commercial. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Sounds like you tuned in at exactly <laughs> the right time. There it is. It was, it was so good. All right. Next up is uh, Phil. Um, shit. Um, I still don't know what Phil does. All right. We talked about Adham. Come on. The dramatic pauses, man. Seriously. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on, Adham. Turn it down a little bit. All right. So, Phil, what is he? Uh... No, no, no. I, 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 I don't know what Phil does. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. Well, we have, fortunately, we have a new member of the cast and crew, JP. Oh, I might be able to help. Actually, exactly can help. He's Phil's job coach. So Hmm. we don't know what Phil does. Phil, from this, I'm guessing Phil maybe doesn't even know what he does. 
JP no. is going to help bridge that gap. So wow, yeah. So so what what would you say JP actually does though? Uh, what would you say you do here? Um, <laughs> I think he actually his secretary does a lot of the work. Okay. So. Okay, well, we'll we'll tune into uh, that Wait, story as more updates come up. What, what yeah, JP has a secretary. JP's might be. What do you envision our business looks like? Because it doesn't look like an office with secretaries in in, in my head. Interesting. Well, I feel like well, you need to have a better vision, Bradley. Yeah, I got a vision of like off-white colored walls that are kind of faded. One yeah. water cooler because there's a lot of things that happen at that water cooler. Yeah, yeah, and then like a bunch of like barren office like rooms but one of them is like a two-part room and that's where jp's secretary is in the first room so see i picture it as some mixture between the wolf of wall street and like a you know drunken friday night where it's just a bunch of randomness but also you know they're doing some business i think but <coughs> that's how i picture it oh i picture it like silicon valley like a bunch of people just sitting in a house kind of working kind of not Hmm, well, that sounds about right. Anyways, next up, we got Sultan Abbasi. And Sultan Abbasi is our designated mana dork. Um, could be a noble hierarch, you know, uh, depending on the day. Could just be a Llanowar elf. Um, really, really dependent on, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. So probably going to be leaning more towards Gilded Goose. Um, I think in honor of yeah. Celestia Yorion is Gilded Goose. Wow. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, I like that. That was great. All right, next up is Sam. Perdomi, who is the BBP personal fitness trainer. Uh, we have a, for those of you who don't know, in the Bash Bros Discord, a room for, you know, personal fitness, where a few people talk about their success stories while the rest of us just listen and don't chime in. Poignant. Poignant. I need a, what is it? A, a linguistic coach. coach. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back off. Next, we got Eric Nall. Uh, so, formerly the leader of the Trashtronauts. However, the vessel is now complete mm. and they've launched and they are actually outside the Earth's atmosphere this, at this point, headed straight towards Uranus. Are they headed mm. or are they coming for Uranus? They're headed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're, try, they're gonna try to dock into Uranus. Um, okay. okay. So okay. he's now the captain of the USS spaceship. Didn't know it was actually a US vessel. I thought he was uh not allowed back in the US, but Yeah, changed. I thought Eric Nall was in like Bangkok. How did he Yeah, there's a lot of holes that need filling here for Eric Nall, that's look, for look. sure. All right, all right, guys, guys, I just want you to know. We just yes. let Eric keep being part of the cast and crew and we'll keep telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next up, we got uh, Jer Meldy, and that is our our merch store manager. Uh, there's, uh, there's a ton of activity going on lately, a ton. The shirts are flying off the shelves and um, it's, it's because there's a breeze and they're just actually uh, well, the falling off. Uh, uh, but... I don't know if y'all uh, know this, yeah. actually. It is going off the hook because we do have a merch store and we we have a link to it, I believe, in the notes. And we have sold three items from it. And I know one of them oh, went to our dad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone's got to manage that huge, heavy uh, flow. So nice work. Three there. items. Yeah, there three, you uh, go. Uh, we, a playmat and two shirts. Dang. We are blowing that, Did your dad get a playmat yeah. or a shirt? <laughs> I got a shirt. Uh, figures. 
Well, he didn't get more. That's pretty uh, not cool. But sure. <laughs> All right. So next up, we've got Jason Florent, who is Corey's arch nemesis. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but when is my playmat and my shirt going to actually arrive? <laughs> they're on they're on back order bbd okay. they're on back order, back order. gotcha thank you uh, uh, anyway jason florad is Corey's arch nemesis uh this is because Corey beats jason every single time they play every time mm. backgammon magic athletic sports uh, everything this, he tried forward gammon jason being on the cast and crew though has made me uh want to rewatch, and i just re- this reminded me again uh, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. I haven't watched that in a while. Oh, I do love that. I do love that a lot. <laughs> right, have you ever seen it? I bet you haven't. I have not. You're correct. I've yeah. never seen it. What I have seen is some balling out office parties, and that's thanks to Patrick, our office party coordinator, looking mm. forward to what is thrown for uh, Thanksgiving, because I've heard there's some Gilded Goose action involved. Oh, heck Yeah. Next up, we got Filippos Galanis, and that is our Aspros podcast liaison. And, you know, that is that's a tough one to manage. There is a that's a lot of shitty work. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, you know, someone's got to slug through it. He's certainly spread thin. Very spread thin. Yeah. 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 Is the US or is the Aspros podcast done on the USS space shit? Uh, no, the, Brad, your technology barely works here, so we yeah. should not be doing it in space. So that's where it gets edited, though. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, next up is uh, Loror, who is our CEO. Yes, that is that is right. We are such a thriving and robust business that we we need a CEO mm. to handle all of our you know long term things. Checks out. All right, and last we got Victor, who is the executive producer, and as a lowly special guest, I don't know what a producer is or anything to do with bros at all. So mm. beats me what Victor does. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, we should have uh, Victor talk to uh, Phil, and they should coordinate <laughs> yeah. something work, for work together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Victor should talk to JP's secretary to talk to phil all right now we're getting we are getting pretty meta these days or way too meta, meta, way too meta. I'm, I'm way too tired which is weird because i feel like i shouldn't be tired right now because i'm starting to use the the cpap machine to help me yeah with it sleeping. sounds like it's working really good dude i think you need the well, apac machine off, i rip it off at, 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 in the middle of the night so i only use it for like four and a half hours last night but yeah i'm not yeah. following you two at this casting crew today i'm i'm lost <laughs> it's too meta. So would you me. say it's a C minus uh, uh, machine for you if you're not using it correctly? Or anyway, that's the end of our show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bachelor's Podcast. We will be back next week with another episode, and hopefully two minisodes to make up for the one that I just wasn't able to do last week. Thank you so much for all of your love and support, and we will see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Okay,